Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Life Coaching Spot. I'm your host, Kathy Walker, and this one is called How to Be Here. So I recently had the opportunity to attend an Eckhart Tolle event in Huntington Beach with a good friend of mine. And if you haven't heard of him, Eckhart Tolle, he's a, he's a spiritual teacher that was born in Germany. He was a professor who experienced uh, what seemed to be a spontaneous spiritual awakening basically instant enlightenment. Um, And it was born out of a deep, dark depression. So his depression got him to such a dark place that his mind, um, it's it's like something snapped in his brain and he he just separated from his ego, the voice in the head. (laughs) So in an instant, he went from being the voice in the head and identifying with it to um, being the observer of that voice and watching it with amazement, which is a much more, um, you know, beneficial place to be. It's, it's much more peaceful to watch it than to be it, as you know. So um, anyway, he's written a number of books, including uh, two bestsellers, The Power of Now and A New Earth. Maybe you've heard of them. (laughs) And the conference included uh, a few, uh, well, several amazing speakers and all from completely different professional backgrounds um, speaking on presence which is the exact topic of our conversation today. So I want to begin by giving you a little taste of what it felt like to be sitting in that auditorium with Eckhart Tolle, because it was profound. It was profound. I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of an awakened being, but... um. Oh my goodness, let me explain. When he walked into the room and made his way onto the stage, now he's a really old man and he was walking really, really slow. He's got kind of a hunch in his back and he's just walking there really. You know, at first, you know, we all applauded. So the room was filled with applause. And then the when the once the applause stopped and he... He sat down. The room was just utterly silent. And it was a room of 1,200 people. And typically in a room of 1,200 people, you don't get complete silence, right? You know, there's some people that are still chatting as, uh, you know, not paying attention. No, it was completely silent. Um, but it was a different kind of silence because it wasn't like an empty, awkward silence. You're like, uh, I don't know what to do with myself. No, it was like this vibrating, expansive silence. Like, like everyone was simultaneously experiencing pure bliss that was filling every cell of 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 every single person in and then then radiating 
uh, into the molecules in the air that was then connecting us all into one vibrating being. <laughs> Can I just say that? Because that's the only way I know how to explain it. Sounds kind of strange, but oh, it's magnificent. He's not in the States very often. He lives in Canada. And so I was really, oh, I felt so, we both felt so blessed to be there. So, yeah. So let's just to explain that, um, just that experience. Um, I want to use this uh, metaphor of human beings likened to candles, right? And an awakened being is like a, a candle. Uh, that's been lighted with a flame that just keeps burning, that it, it doesn't go out. It's always burning. And when, when you, um, as your own candle, are near that burning candle, you can't help but light up. It's contagious because we all hold within us the potential to awaken to get our light turned on, right? To be the light of the world, which I've said many times, right? We have that within us um, beyond this limited human experience of everyday life. But what happens is our, our candle wick gets covered up by, you know, blankets and blankets of stories that we tell ourselves that keep us from the truth. Stories like, you know, who am I to shine, right? Who am I to be the light of the world? Or there must be something wrong with me, or they're judging me, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not this enough, or that enough, or skinny enough, or <laughs> smart enough, or whatever. The stories, all, you know, the doubts and fears and worries and insecurities um, keep our light dampened, right? Keep the wick uh, covered so that it it isn't able to be lighted very easily. But when you're, um, when you sit in front of an awakened being, it's like this huge reminder of who you are and you cannot help but ignite. And so like all those blankets and fears and doubts and worries and insecurities just dissipate. And all of a sudden you're enlightened too. You're awakened also. So it's not really then about them so much as it is about experiencing who you really are, who you're capable of being. Magnificent, magnificent. So many people have asked me about, um, about how the retreat was, and it's, it's been difficult to articulate. So uh, a part of a part of me just wants to try to integrate that into today's episode. So, um, you know, I can just say, hey, <laughs> listen to how to be here. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping this comes across. Yeah. Oh, so the thing about Eckhart is that he lives in that presence all the time, right? His light, his candle's always lit. So he's always awakened, which means he's always in presence. He's always here, here 
now, here, now. And that's what he teaches about, right? That's what he writes about because that's his experience and it has been for all these years since that happened so many years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's powerful. A room of 1,200 people became ignited, ignited. Yeah. So let's get into this idea of presence, presence, because that's what he's exuding and that's what he's reminding us of. Yeah. So this concept of presence is, you know, not easily grasped by your thinking mind, your analytical mind. So it's not actually very easy to explain either, because obviously um, my explanation is coming from my thinking mind, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. So hopefully we'll get some feeling in it too, feeling here, because I really want you to experience what I experienced, you know, through this podcast, (laughs) or at least a glimmer, at least a glimmer. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So, but truthfully, because I'm using words and I'm, you know, are trying to articulate something that's ineffable, right? Unspeakable. Uh, um, uh, I'll only be able to really point you in the direction with the hope that you're, you'll find your way. You'll find your way there. You'll find your way home because it's in you already. And you know what it is that I'm trying to speak of, even though I can't fully tell you exactly. And Eckhart talked about the difficulty of explaining presence. Um, he, he, He talked about how to explain to someone what honey tastes like, right? Um... Because you, you can offer many adjectives to describe honey and the experience of tasting honey to somebody, but until they actually put the honey into their mouth and taste it for themselves, they'll not know. They cannot grasp it. They cannot know until they do it for themselves, right? And so... You can only point them in the direction of what it's like, um, but they're going to have to go there to really know. Yeah. So this is an invitation to go there into presence. That's what this is about. Yeah. That's what this episode is about. <sighs> so, so what is presence and why is it important that we have it and know it? and live it. Yeah. Well, presence is the experience of aliveness, right? It's life. The the word experience is important here because, you know, it's the opposite of, it's, it's not, it's maybe not the opposite, but well, it is. I think it's the opposite of thinking about life, right? Or trying to explain life. You know, it's, it's in another world. <laughs> yeah, because you, you can't think about life and experience life simultaneously, right? You, you can be having this 
um, incredible experience. But as soon as you start thinking about what the experience is that you're having, it takes you out of it. It separates you from it because it requires two different parts of your brain in order to, you know, experience, experience is right brain consciousness, um, uh, Thinking about it or referring to it or describing it is left brain consciousness. Yeah. So you experience life actually through your senses. Yeah, which which happens in the right brain. And you think about life, describe life, judge life um, using your analytical mind, which is your left brain. So if you haven't ever seen Jill Bolte Taylor's TED Talk. It's called My Stroke of Insight. You must look it up. Look it up. My Stroke of Insight in in the TED Talks. She's a neuroanatomist who was studying the brain herself and had a stroke. (laughs) Talk about... Um, experience versus um, analyzing, right? So having that stroke and going through that experience of losing touch with her left brain consciousness, basically her left brain, which is what she was using to study the mind, was shut down. And so she was only able to then be in right brain consciousness. So it completely changed her perspective on the human brain and who we are. Oh, quite powerful, quite powerful. I highly recommend you you feel my excitement here, right? I want you to, yeah, watch this and then tell me about it. Oh my God. So... Yeah, so presence is something that can only be experienced. Yeah, and experience is something that happens in this moment right here. It can only happen right here, right now, right? You can't experience something in the future. You can't experience something in the past. You can only think about it. Um, experience, true experience only happens, life only happens right now, right now in the present, right? Yeah, have you ever heard that saying, I'm going to mess this up, but um, life is what happens while you're busy making plans. Oh, that's so true. Because if you're planning, you're not actually living, right? You're thinking about some future that really won't ever come. This future never gets here, right? Does it? No. Life only happens right now. Right now. So maybe you're driving in your car right now, or you're getting ready for work, or putting on your makeup, or sipping your morning coffee, listening to this podcast. The life is in this moment right now, right now. Taste that coffee. Feel the steering wheel under your hands. Feel your feet on the pedals. Yeah, you and the vibrations of my voice are experiencing life together right now. 
<laughs> yeah, this, this podcast is out there, but let's have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, only your mind can take you out of the moment thinking, thinking. And it does require thinking to even listen to what I'm saying and kind of um, connect to it. But there is a way of listening that kind of can open you up. It's kind of more of a spacious listening. But if you're driving, you know, maybe don't go there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, why is presence important? Yeah, well, presence is where your balance is. You know, you're looking for a balanced life. Well, you can only find balance when you're present. Presence is where all the joy is, right? Joy is how to, ex- is an experience. Joy is a, is a feeling that can only be really experienced now, right? Presence is so deeply important. You know, it's where inspiration and creativity and abundance and radiance, all the good stuff lives here. Yeah. So trust me, you you want what presence has to offer. You do. And it's amazing that we're always trying to distract ourselves from here because here is where the goods live. Yeah. Here is where all the love is. You can only experience it here right now. Love. Your heart can only open in this moment. It doesn't open in the past. It doesn't open in the future. It only opens when you're fully here and available to experience it. The rest is just a figment of your imagination, an idea, a story, a thought from the past that's gone in a future that will never come. (laughs) So my best friend from high school, Katrina, came by the other day. Oh my gosh. She was in town. And we, um, you know, we realized we ha- we've known each other for 39 years. How sweet is that? Wow. 39 years. Oh my gosh. Um, and we were having a conversation about meditation and, and why it's important, which led us to the topic of presence and why presence is important. And I used in an, uh, a house as an analogy because she's a realtor. So what happens when a house, when a home gets abandoned, right? When nobody's living there, it's all by itself. Well, it starts to deteriorate fairly rapidly, right? Because when there's no one there tending it day to day, critters start to move in (laughs) and it begins to decay at a rapid pace, Without life in the house, the shell begins to break down. Well, interestingly enough, it's the same with our bodies. When we're not embodying our bodies, namely being present inside of our bodies, living in our bodies, they begin to break down more quickly. Yeah. When we're constantly thinking about the past or worried about the future or stressed about what's next, we're only living in our heads. We're not living in our bodies. We're not present. 
You have to be present to be in your body. When you're in, in all in your head, you can't feel your hands. You can't feel your belly, your belly, right? Your, your, your belly is speaking to you all the time and giving you messages of what's right for you and what's not right for you. But, but you can't feel that or experience that or communicate with that or listen to those messages if you're not here to experience, if you're out to lunch, <laughs> if nobody's home. Yeah. And, and we know this. We know this. Have you, have you ever asked someone or, or has somebody ever asked you, where are you right now when you're sitting right next to them? You know what I'm talking about. Where are you right now? You may have said that to your partner, right? Where are you? Right? They're in their head. They're in the future. They're thinking about tomorrow or something that happened earlier in the day, but they're not there with you right now. They're not here. Yeah. Yeah. So you know when somebody's present with you in a conversation and when they're not, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know when there's when there's life in the conversation and when there's nothing. Yeah. And when you're not home and present in your body, you're actually more susceptible to illness and disease, right? The critters move in when you're not manning the house. Right? And you actually start to age more quickly. Do you want to know the secret to staying young? Be present right here, right now. Feel the life in your body. It connects you <laughs> to your spirit, which keeps you young. Yeah. <laughs> And life is constantly trying to get our attention to bring us back home, right? Our children, come on. They're constantly trying to get our attention while we're busy being adults, right? Pulling on your shirt or, you know, mommy, 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 mommy. No, no, honey, just a minute, just a minute, right? Their natural state is presence, that's where we come from is presence. When we were children, we played. Play is in the present. You can only play in the present. You know, have you, ever, have you ever tried to play with a kid when you're really thinking about what work you need to get done? It's boring for the kid. You're not even there with them playing, <laughs> right? Children are alive and calling us home. Well, until you give them an iPad or a TV and numb them out, Right then they start to learn how to separate from presence, right? (laughs) I know it's a little sad, but it's true. (laughs) It's true. My daughter was in town visiting me this weekend. Oh my gosh. And she's my biggest teacher in all areas. (laughs) And so we had been out shopping um, all day and you know, we decided to come home and sit outside in the backyard and read for a little while. I happen to be <clears throat> reading a very exciting book right now. Um, 
which is not uh, an informational book. It's actually a fun book. <laughs> it does have information in there, but it's written in a kind of fiction formatting, so it's it's totally delightful. And she wanted to get started uh, with the book that we had just picked up for her at Melvern's Books here in Austin. If side note, <laughs> if you are a connoisseur of obscure books of poetry and fiction, like my daughter. Oh my gosh, you should totally check it out. She she geeks out in there. It's so amazing to watch. Um, anyway, so we sat down outside. Such a beautiful, beautiful day this this um, this past Saturday, and five minutes or less into the reading time, she starts you know laughing out loud and and reading to me little bits of her book. <laughs> And, um, you know, and then she'd get back to reading for a little bit and I'd pop back into my book and then, and then she'd pop out and start laughing and read another line or whatever. And, you know, I'd only gotten like a line or two read. I'm, I'm a much slower reader than she is. And my initial reaction was, honey, I can't concentrate on my reading if you're going to keep interjecting with snippets from your book right? I can't be in bo- in two places at once. I got to focus, right? And she said to me, mom, I came all this way and you're just going to be in your own world. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. Straight to the truth, straight back to the present, right? What's real here? My daughter's visiting. I get to see her, what, three or four times a year only? So I stopped and I closed my book. And she said, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, honey. I want to be here and enjoy this. Thank you for bringing me back, right? I want to spend quality time with my daughter. (laughs) And so she read to me. She read her book to me. And I came back to the present so that I could actually enjoy it and feel it and experience it and delight in it. So much more fulfilling than this awesome book that I'm reading. So much more. Yeah. She's my teacher. (laughs) And what about dogs? Dogs. They're so present, right? Constantly in the moment totally in the moment. They never hold grudges. Now, cats, they, they might be a different story. <laughs> um, but dogs are always ready to meet you right here in the now. Yeah, they're alive and ready to meet you now. What do you want to do? You want to go for a walk? You want to be here? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so glad you're home. You wouldn't believe what happened (laughs) or whatever. You know, they're just so excited to see you and they bring you right to the present, right? It's delightful. Love your dog, right? I'm not saying, by the way, that you don't love your cat. I don't happen to have a cat, so I don't know that relationship, (laughs) but I have heard stories that cats like to hold grudges. (laughs) That was what that comment was about. But learning how to be present, you know, especially in a world with so much distraction. It takes practice, you know. And like I said, many people are really uncomfortable 
for some reason, simply being here in the present. It's like, it's, you know what? I think it's just terrifying for the ego to be present because really what happens when you get present is that your ego disappears, right? And so it's like, no, 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 don't, don't be here. Think about the past. Think about the future. (laughs) Yeah. But have you ever noticed when you're sitting in a waiting room or standing in line, you know, it's rare to find somebody who's just sitting there or standing there just peacefully smiling and comfortable in themselves, you know, just comfortable being in line. Yeah. You know, how quick are you to reach into your pocket or your purse to pick up your phone or pick up a magazine or something just to distract you from the silence, from just being there, just from just, why is it not okay to just be? Why is it not socially acceptable to just be? Yeah, yeah. I know I've mentioned this before, but I I make a concerted effort to be fully present and available for cashiers. It's one of my things. And, you know, it's it's, it's actually one of the things um, I do. It's one of my mindfulness practices that I have in a day to, you know, s- to stop and be really present for the cashier. You know, they have to stand in line checking out zombies <laughs> all day who don't even look at them, you know, or maybe on their phones and making no connection. Just, yeah, yeah, whatever. Thanks for, you know, not even thank you, actually. Um just got to get through this part so I can get on to the next thing. And you can tell how, how, um, how refreshing it is to have somebody, um, inquiring, right. About their day and mean it, right. It, it, it brings some life, right. Into their job. So they're not checked out, right. Because it's, it's not fun to be checked out. The life feels so much more alive and vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you do this, and if you don't, I, I encourage it. Just stop and talk. My my husband's always, you know, <laughs> laughing at me because I'll get into a deep conversation with the checker. And, and you're probably maybe <laughs> kind of like, oh, my God, hurry up, lady. I've got some work to do. You might be behind me. Or maybe not. Maybe not. But um, I know there is somebody behind me going, oh, my God, what's going on? But maybe. Maybe they maybe they wake up just a little bit because when people are awake around you, it does spark something in you because it is in you. It's in all of us. Nobody's special. Mm, yeah, have I said that before from the course? None of us are special, and all of us are special. Yes, we have our own unique light for sure. Be sh- for sure, but we all have a light. <laughs> so it you are special and you're not special simultaneously. Yeah. That's why it's so okay to celebrate yourself. Now I'm off on a tangent. Now that's another podcast altogether. Let's get back to presence. Yeah. 
So meditation, meditation is becoming way more popular because with all the craziness in the world right now, you know, I, I, I really feel that people are craving calm and peace and serenity. It's like they're looking for it, you know, it's like, and, and tired of the usual distractions because distractions are get old after a while, right? The drinking gets old. The, the endless watching endless sitcoms gets old. It gets old. I have a lot of coaching clients that I see and um, finding this peace and calm and serenity um, are, are typically at the top of the list. Like I want to find, I'm going to have peace in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, many of the, these clients I start off with, um, believe that they can't meditate, you know, cause I'm always suggesting meditation, but here's the thing. Meditation isn't hard. In fact, you know, it's really very simple. It's very, very simple. I could explain it to you in a single sentence. Excuse me. Yeah, where, <clears throat> you know, where, where many of my coaching clients uh, get caught up is believing that they somehow have to get their mind quiet, right? They're like, oh, I, I just can't get my mind to, to be quiet. And that's a huge mis- misconception about meditation because your job isn't to get your mind quiet, but really it's, you know, to stop allowing your mind to distract you from being present, In other words, to stop identifying with the thoughts in your head, right? So instead of letting those thoughts that are going on and on and on, because they're not going to stop, they just keep going. That's the thing. They don't, you don't, you don't get silence. That's not the objective of meditation. That is such a huge misconception, which keeps so many people from even trying it or maybe trying, trying it for a few minutes and going, no way, this is not for me. But instead, just let the thoughts do what they do, but just don't pay attention. Don't be, don't pay so much attention, right? Thought comes in, thought goes out. No problem, right? Because when you stop following your thoughts, they actually settle down on their own. The only reason it gets so, so loud and crazy in your mind is because that's where your attention is. You're allowing yourself to follow the thoughts. You're, you're like, oh, what, what, what is that thought saying and where is it going? <laughs> but if you're just like, oh, thoughts in the background, kind of like birds in the background or, you know, uh, traffic sound in the background, you don't notice it. After a while, you don't notice your thoughts, you know. Oftentimes, I'll describe it like, you know, looking at your thoughts like they're energetic children. (laughs) Yeah, just bouncing around. Maybe energetic children in a blow-up castle, right? (laughs) And that might help because you can just let them bounce around and flip around and do whatever, you know. You don't have to pay such close attention to every single thing that they're doing. Just... Let them have fun. Let them do what they do. You know they're safe. Just let them be. That's all right. They'll, if you want to know what they're saying, they'll promise. I promise you, they'll be there for you right after meditation. <laughs> yeah, and when they're not being watched, they're just going to calm down on their own. 
you know, it's like they lose interest without an audience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And med- meditation is such a wonderful practice for real life. That's why you're doing it. You're not doing it to just have a few moments of peace. You're really doing it to train you how to be in the world, how to be in the world. Because yeah, when you can learn how to stay present and calm, regardless of what your mind is doing, you know, then you're ready to try that out in life. You can use those same tools that you use in meditation out in the world. Yeah. Right? So when, when things get crazy out in the world, it, then it becomes easier and easier to keep your center and to keep calm. When stuff come, stuff arises, you can just view it as a, as a thought. It's like, oh, okay, so maybe it is something I need to pay attention to. And you can be more objective about how you respond instead of reacting. Instead of reacting. Plenty of opportunities every day for practice. <laughs> yeah. So with meditation, yeah, this is, a, this is, your, this is your step toward presence in your life, right? And it's establishing a morning meditation practice. So that's what I'm suggesting to you right now. If you don't already have one, I'm suggesting that you start a meditation practice. Yeah. So that you're practicing having and bringing presence into your life. You know, most people walk around in the life never experiencing presence, never experiencing the now. Oh, that makes me so sad because I want us all to experience. And that's why I'm talking about this. I want you to experience this. So meditation is available for you as a tool. And I recommend um, starting out really simple. Don't, don't bombard yourself with a 45 or hour, hour long practice to start out, right? Start with five minutes, 10 minutes tops each morning, each day, you know, <clears throat> really, and, and really uh, just a basic, just, just to say a, a very basic form of meditation, um, find a comfortable, find a comfortable seat, um, preferably, um, uh, sitting up straight. Um, if you need something to support your back, um, okay, but um, but definitely sitting up straight because you don't want to collapse into anything. You want to because then you might fall asleep. So sitting up straight, um, preferably with a straight line, if possible, from the from your tailbone to the top of your head, and just begin to take long, deep breaths. Close your eyes, and just begin to watch your breathing. Watch the breath. Notice the breath as it enters in and notice the breath as it leaves. Watch it as it comes in. Watch it with your mind. Notice it. Notice the qualities. Yeah. As it comes in and, you know, just allow it to become very natural, slightly deeper than normal. Because shallow breathing is associated with the thinking mind. It's associated with the the ego. So slightly deepen the breath and watch it as it comes in. 
And as the thoughts come in, let them come. No problem. But just bring your breath over and over again. Bring your mind (laughs) back to your breath over and over. You might get distracted by a thought and then just let it go and come back. Now, there are many, many methods on how to do this. And um, you can, there are wonderful apps these days. Um, so choose a meditation app that you like to, um, which has wonderful um, little tutorials and guided meditations on all kinds of different types of meditation. But this is one of the most basic forms of meditation. You can get started right now and it's free. It's free to, for you <laughs> to experience the thing that can change your life. So I challenge you to commit to a morning meditation practice every single day for 90 days in a row without missing one day. So no matter what, five minutes of meditation every morning before you start anything else. If you need to set your alarm for a little bit earlier before other people wake up, do it. If you need to hide yourself away for five minutes, do it. Lock yourself in a closet, do it. It will change your life. And 90 days is how much time it takes to create a new habit. And this new habit will move you into the direction toward living the most radiant, abundant life that you're capable of living. It's all within you. It's all available. Blessed be. If you want to find out more about working with me one-on-one, come visit my website at thelifecoachingspot.com and I can't wait to meet you.